Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Broward County Commission. Uh, we are here at our 10 o'clock meeting, and we're going to start with the Pledge of Allegiance. And to lead the pledge today, I would like the Tuesday's Angels and also our wonderful <laughs> Edith Letterberg to lead us in the pledge. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. It's customary before the beginning of each county commission meeting for us to observe a moment of silence to honor people from our community who have recently passed away. Colleagues, do you have anyone you'd like to remember during this moment of silence? Commissioner Lamarca. Thank you, Mayor. Uh, <clears throat> those who were here prior, I guess, a few years ago, gentleman came to do a presentation. Uh, his name was Mr. Pompano, Bill, Bill Jaycox. We uh, also went by the name of Clancy. And he was also the regular Santa Claus in the city of Pompano Beach. Well, uh, Clancy passed away at the age of 84 a couple of weeks ago. And uh, just, just a few years ago, uh, his wife passed away. And I recall him calling me and saying, I don't know what I'm going to do. My wife passed away, and uh, he wanted to make sure that we all got his song, the Pompano Beach song, out to everybody. So at some point, I'll make sure that everybody has a copy to get it, get it around. Um, we also lost a, a good friend in... Uh, in Lighthouse Point, a uh, gentleman by the name of Larry Nelson, and uh, Larry was very involved with uh, Joe Millsaps in creating and sustaining Broward Navy Days uh, prior to, prior to uh, Marianne Gray, who's uh, with Broward Navy Days now, but uh, Larry was very involved with our supporting our Navy and, uh, and Marine Corps and Coast Guard and Sea Services uh, for Navy Days, and uh, we'll certainly miss Larry, who's a personal friend of mine and a, just a great guy. Um, Sadly, we also lost one of our colleagues uh, from Suwannee County, uh, but a, a former FAC president, Randy Hatch, passed away at the age of 64 on March 11th, and uh, he was from uh, Suwannee, like I said, Suwannee County. Uh, sadly, one, one more loss. Uh, I think you probably saw emails or at least headlines to this, but there was a... Uh, traffic fatality in Hillsborough County and uh, the state of Florida lost uh, Deputy John uh, Kutfia Jr., uh, who was in a head-on collision in, uh, in the Tampa area and uh, just kind of a senseless thing that somebody would lose their life when, they, when they're charged with protecting people and saving other people's lives to a traffic accident, to, a one, to an on, oncoming collision. So if we can keep all these good people in your thoughts and prayers, their families, thank you. And of course, let's, let's keep uh, the women and men who serve us valiantly both home and overseas in our military in our thoughts and prayers as well. Thank you. Well, today, um, yes, and well, today we have uh, two quick presentations. We're going to first start with um, the ADRC and, uh, and um, you know, I, what I told everybody, and, and Tuesday's Angels, which is going to be our good news, was so nice to understand this, that whenever Edith Lederberg is here, she always gets to go first. And um, uh, Commissioner Wexler and I got to attend a wonderful event where um, Edith presented the entire Broward County Commission uh, with an award and a plaque. And um, at the event, um, 
Lois and I were able to go up and, and to thank Edith, and then we gave the plaque back because Edith wanted to come to present it to all of us for the great work that we do. And I know this is a little, this isn't, out of, this is a little out of the ordinary, but you know, I think because it's the entire county commission that this is being given to, uh, more than just the mayor should go down there to accept it. So let's all go down with Edith so that Edith can present the plaque to us. May I say something? Sure. <laughs> First of all, thank you, Mayor, for coming down the wall for Gilda's Club and getting down to the bottom. We did that on Friday as a contribution. And I do want to thank the commission. This is the 25th consecutive year that you've given the full fair share. We're the only such body in the country that tries to raise money for all its projects so they don't all, 25 of them, parade before you asking for money. And it's a mandated local match. And I'd be very upset if Bertha Henry didn't come down to be part of this picture, yes, if that's OK. Bertha and I have worked together for many, many years. And where's my first grade three conference? Just here. <laughs> OK, so we have our camera here today, too. We're Good. What we do is we present it at the installation dinner, then we take it back. So for 30 years, you've been the lead agency for community care for the elderly for the county, and we hope you continue to do that. Uh, the assistant director for Broward County and Elderly Services is here today. Uh, Andrea Basada is away. This is the 20-year Full Fair Share Advocacy Award presented to the Broward County Commission. A score designates 20 consecutive years of dedication, caring, and benevolence by your leadership to help assure the merited right of older Americans to live their retirement years with dignity. I think I can speak for everybody to say that we're blessed to have you. All right. I think it's some kind of mushroom cheese. Now, as uh, the mayor of Broward County, I designated this year as the year of good news. 
And at each commission meeting, we will bring good news to the public by highlighting the success of our county, the economic engines of small businesses, residents who are good Samaritans, and other positive happenings. This week, uh, we are the folks that are providing good news to us are Tuesday's Angels. I'm very excited for you all to learn about them as they're a wonderful organization. So everybody from Tuesday's Angels, Chuck, come and meet me over the podium. Well, before I start this, let me just quickly tell you about Tuesday's Angels. Uh, they are a wonderful organization that never really asks and gets any credit uh, because, you know, they just want to make a difference. And some time ago, I believe on a Tuesday at dinner, uh, these are our very active members in the LGBT community. And what they decided to do was to open up a 501c3 called Tuesday's Angels. And Tuesday's Angels uh, provides um, support services and help to adults, teens, and children that have HIV and AIDS. And what I think is truly amazing about Tuesday's Angels is every single dime they raise goes into providing services. The entire administration is paid for by them personally. And I think that's a great thing. I wish more organizations would cut down on administrative costs and put their money that they raise into providing services to the people of our community. So I wanted to uh, quickly read a proclamation. I'm very honored about this and then ask if you all would say a few words as well, because we're so honored to have you here. Whereas, the mayor has designated this year as the year of good news, and at each commission meeting, the commission will bring good <laughs> news to the public by highlighting the successes of our county, the economic engines of small businesses, residents who are good Samaritans, and other positive happenings. And whereas, Tuesday's Angels is a nonprofit Section 501c3 organization that provides funding on an emergency basis to men, women, and children with HIV AIDS, and whereas, Tuesday's Angels is, is an outstanding example of the difference that people can make in helping others. Whereas 100% of all dollars received by Tuesday's Angels go directly to individuals or to selected organizations that have clients that have little or no income. And whereas people living with HIV AIDS are often unable to work and are frequently hospitalized. And whereas Tuesday's Angels pays for a variety of emergency living expenses incurred by its clients. This includes rent, electric or water bills, transportation, eyeglasses, and other basic needs. And whereas, in addition to direct assistance to clients, Tuesday's Angels also provides grants to other HIV AIDS agencies to provide direct assistance and services. Some of its current grants include bus passes to Broward House and Care Resources and Camp Hope for Children with HIV AIDS through Children's Diagnostic and Treatment Center. And whereas, over the years, Tuesday's Angels has distributed more than $2,200,000 in assistance to thousands of people. Now, therefore, be it proclaimed by the Board of County Commissioners of Broward County, Florida, that the Board hereby designates as part of the Year of Good News Tuesday's Angels for their hard work and dedication in Broward County. And I'm very honored to present them this proclamation. Chuck, may I give it to you? Who's your president? Oh, sorry, Mike. Mike's the president. And uh, Mike, would you like to say a few words? Uh, Mayor, uh, Vice Mayor, Commissioners, on behalf of our Board, uh, members and the clients we serve, uh, thank you for honoring Tuesday's Angels' mission of helping financially needy people with HIV in Broward County. We started in the late 1980s when HIV was called the gay plague, if it was talked about at all, and there were no treatments or services available. We are one volunteer effort by the local gay community to cope with this devastating virus. Over the years, many things have changed, HIV has affected all groups in our community. One in 100 residents 
in Broward County are living with HIV. There are now treatments prolonging life and there are government funded programs to provide assistance. We are still a privately funded volunteer organization with 100% of donations going to clients and we now fill in the gaps when people with HIV don't or no longer qualify for other assistance. There are many HIV people in Broward County who have low incomes because they can't work or they can only work part-time. And these are many of the people that we serve. They are men, women, and children whose lives are still impacted by the virus. Uh, we are grateful for your recognition as it highlights the needs of a still vulnerable, often invisible group of Broward County citizens. Thank you for your compassion and the work that you do to make life better for all of us. For those of you in the audience, please turn off and silence your cell phones. Any member of the audience who wishes to address the county commission on an item on today's agenda, please come forward and fill out a speaker form located on the dais and furnish it to staff. Once an item is called, further speak-up sign-ups will not be allowed and you may not be permitted to speak. When you are called upon, you will have three minutes to speak. Please keep your comments to the subject being discussed. We ask that you address the commission in a polite manner and that you refrain from making impertinent remarks and personal attacks. If you fail to do so, you will not be permitted to continue speaking. Please be respectful of those who are speaking today. We do not allow any applause, cheering, or booing during the meeting. Any person disrupting the proceedings will be asked to leave the chamber. I'm now going to read the Tuesday night memo. <clears throat> I request the following withdrawals and Scribner error corrections and inclusion of additional information. Item number eight is withdrawn for further staff review. There are no Scribner's errors. Items number without objection, I request item number 27, 28, 29, 30, 31, 33, and 37 be moved to consent. There's no additional information on, do I need to read the workshops, the rest of it? I don't think I do. Okay. So now I'm going to ask the county commissioners if there is anything they'd like to pull from the consent agenda. We'll start with Commissioner Furr, Commissioner Wexler, Commissioner Ritter, Commissioner Ryan. I wish to pull item 14. 14. Vice Mayor Sharif. Um, I wish to pull items 1 through 25. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. 
You're overruled by the majority of the county commission. <laughs> Commissioner Lamarca. Yeah. Uh, item 10, please. 10. Commissioner Holmes. 17. 17. Commissioner Bogan. Number 53. <laughs> yeah, deal. <laughs> we'll do that after we adjourn. So with that said, uh, is, can somebody move the items number 1 to 25, 27, 28, 29, 30, 31, 33, and 37, minus items 17, 10, and 14 uh, be moved for the consent agenda? I make that motion. Second. There has been a motion to second. All in favor signify by saying aye. Aye. All opposed? Show the item passes unanimously. The first item is item number 10. Um, it was pulled by Commissioner Lamarca. And it's a uh, motion to approve the nominations of James Cecil and Dr. Deborah Mulligan for reappointment to the Broward Regional Emergency Medical Service EMS Council. Thank you, Mayor. I did not uh, pull the item to speak on uh, Mr. Cecil or Dr. Mulligan. I um, know that they show up to meetings, and that's great, and the other appointment. But I, I did pull uh, the item just because this is a board I've been on for five years since I've been on the commission. And the EMS Council meets, uh, only meets quarterly, but we have, uh, we have three commission seats with, with at least one vacancy, and then there's also uh, the Broward Health Director of Emergency uh, of the ER. So I, I just wanted to make a, you know, just a, a plea and an announcement that we fill those okay. seats yeah. because they're very important that uh, we can uh, take care of business and have a quorum. So thank you. With that, I'll move the item. All in favor signify by saying aye. aye. All opposed? Show item 10 passes unanimously. We're now moving on to item number 14, which was pulled by Commissioner Ryan, and that's a motion to adopt a resolution directing the county administrator uh, to resolution by, of land and green spaces. You're up. Right. This is a resolution to publish notice uh, to consider the uh, transfer of 10 properties into the urban wilderness inventory. Uh, one of the parcels is located uh, in close proximity to East Dania Beach Boulevard, which uh, is close to my law office. Uh, there is a potential conflict of interest as uh, adopting this resolution may affect the value of property which I have an ownership interest. I declare a conflict of interest and will uh, remove myself from the dais until this vote is completed. Is there a motion? So moved. Is there a second? second? All in favor signify by saying aye. Aye. All opposed? Show the item passes unanimously with one abstention. I know that's my goal is to make them not even get to the stairs. You know? <laughs> Uh, we're now moving on to the uh, regular agenda. No, 17. no. Oh, we didn't do 17. I'm sorry, Commissioner Holness. Uh, we're now moving on to item number 17, which was pulled by Commissioner Holness, and that's a motion to direct the Office of the County Attorney uh, to uh, enact a towing and immobilization ordinance. Uh, Commissioner Holness, um, you're up. Thank you. And, and I know this is just to clear languages up and, 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 the, and those kind of things, but. I have a request, or actually I had a conversation with one of the towing companies uh, yesterday, Mr. Goldstein from Westway, and he basically said there's an issue with uh, utilizing credit card. There's a fee to utilize these cards, and, and I understand we're not allowing them to pass that fee on, and he sent me something that says there's basically a federal case law that says we can't uh, restrict them from passing those fees on. So I'd pass it on to our attorney and as you go through to see where, where it lies or if you can give us some uh, update on that, please. 
Sure. I, I don't think there's anything in the ordinance that prohibits passing the fee, but that may be the way it's enforced. So we'll take right. care of that in right. the ordinance. Okay. Thank you. Commissioner Bogan. I just want to make sure. So once you draft the amendments, your office drafts the amendments, they'll come back to the board for review? Yes, two readings. Thank you. Um, is there a motion? There's been a motion and a second. All in favor signify by saying aye. Aye. All opposed? Show item number 17 passes unanimously. We're now moving on to the regular agenda. And the first is a delegation request from Christopher Hood. Uh, Mr. Hood, um, under our rules, you'll have approximately three minutes to speak. It does not appear that my timer's on. Um, is there a power button? Up, yeah. oh, the power button is now on. One second. I think it's just a. I think we're good. We go. Awesome. Uh, sure. It's that Barbara just gave advice to me. If you don't want to lose that operator back. Which is. Im <laughs> Thank you very much, commissioners, for this time to speak. Oh, thank there you. It was a PowerPoint uh, presentation to go with this, but we won't need it. I think you have some notes that I submitted to the commissioner's secretary uh, related to bicycle safety. This is Bicycle Safety Month, Bicycle Month in Broward County across the nation. March uh, is recognized as people who cycle, a time to speak out about cycling and safety. Broward County is a very dangerous place to cycle. I ride about 4,000 miles a year on these roadways in Broward County. Extremely dangerous. I've been doing it for years, but it is an addiction. And I think you'll find that true with most cyclists on the road. We have a great opportunity here in Broward County to alter the bike lanes. And when I say alter, every bike lane in Broward County is now officially obsolete. Uh, if you go back to 1967, Davis, California created the first bike lane. First bike lane in this country was created back in the 1800s, but they become quickly obsolete through technology. And when I say technology, I'm talking about the distraction devices that people are using in their vehicles, cell phones, texting. People are drifting into the cycling lane and they don't even know they're doing it. There's a white line to separate the traffic from the cars. And what do white lines mean? That's something that a driver can simply cross. Our lane markers are also white lines. There's white lines at intersections. People ignore that. So a close call for a cyclist, which would normally be on a car-to-car -car accident, is just a fender bender. With a cyclist, no airbag, no protective devices around them. It's a life ender instead of a fender bender. I have been in highway safety now for 12 years, mostly involving vehicle collisions. But we are the worst area in the country for bicycle car collisions. Broward, Palm Beach, and Dade County, we're the worst. We have an opportunity to do something about it. So I don't ever like to stand up here and talk and not offer a solution. My PowerPoint demonstrated a concept of merely restriping the roads with green lines and yellow lines to give the, the cyclist, and who we are somewhat responsible for drifting out into the traffic as well, as well as motors being distracted. If we implemented a simple striping of the roadways, not everywhere in Broward County, but on the main streets where the accidents are happening, I make a suggestion in my PowerPoint that we do it on University and A1A. These lines in the street will direct cyclists' attention to where they should be in that three-foot bike lane. They should always be to the right. It will prevent cars from crossing over because we'll restrike that with a yellow line that they recognize not to cross. So it's a matter of situational awareness for both parties to save lives in Broward County. Very simple to do. We could do it as an experiment. We're now inviting our tours to ride bicycles in Broward County. We have to protect them. I've had six accidents in Broward County. 
two involving pedestrians stepping out into the bike lane. And there's nothing at all being done. And I think we have a great opportunity to make this one of the safest counties, an example for the nation in Broward County, Florida. I thank you for your time. Thank you, Mr. Hood, and thank welcome. you for being here. Mayor? Yes, of course, Commissioner Lamarck. If I might, well, Mr. Hood's still here. There, there, um, we have a, a, a following agenda item coming up after about uh, our trauma centers. And just I wanted to point out, uh, it's probably of note, about 4% of our trauma cases are bicycle injuries. Uh, that's 302 uh, trauma cases. I don't know if they were deaths or, or if they were saved, but either way, they're very serious if they go to a trauma center. Um, I know that the city of Fort Lauderdale, through their complete streets and some of their programs, have created uh, green paths off of certainly Bayview Drive and some other areas where I've seen them. They certainly make an impact on your, your visual. Um, but I don't know, uh, I don't know what the requ requirements or what it would take, but I would also say that if you're gonna do that, that there should, there should be, whether it is a, uh, whether they're um, markers or some type of physical de uh, demarcation when, that you, when you cross over that line, kind of on the, on the highway, on the, on the shoulder where they, they've sort of kind of uh, impressed the road so that you, you know when you're off the road there. Um, but that's, that's certainly a, uh, Good idea. I appreciate you brought this this here because it's a it's been there's been a lot of those issues along A one A in my district. Thank you, Commissioner. Thank you, Commissioner Ryan. I don't mind throwing a compliment around for Commissioner Lamarca when he gets it right. And uh, I was looking at the same pie chart of the four percent of the trauma cases in 2015 at our three trauma centers were bicycle related. One inexpensive way that you may be able to do uh, demarcation. Uh, from the, um, the lanes for motor vehicles and the separated lane for bike paths is to have um, reflectors embedded into the road. And so it's aligned with what you said. When the vehicle drifts off into the bicycle lane, it, it catches, you know, the tire has that bump, 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 and hopefully the motorist can, um, can correct the pathway. And uh, that, I think, would be an inexpensive way to provide some level of protection for bicyclists. Uh, we are having a lot of discussion about transportation. Uh, we're considering the surtax and we're considering other transportation options. So I think that's a, an interesting point. Uh, not a really expensive solution, but something that I think offers a, a heightened level of protection. You're, you're absolutely right. The bicycle um, fatalities, the, the rate of, of uh, you know, mortality, morbidity from bicycle accidents is very high in South Florida. So thank you for bringing that to the public's attention and to the attention of this board. Commissioner Wexler. Part of why this board invested millions upon millions of dollars in greenways throughout Broward County for connectivity, although many of the serious bicyclers um, like this gentleman still want to be on the street. Um, but there are interconnectivity of greenways, which is a safe way to travel. We're all talking about um, lines and bumps and colors of the road, but the most important aspect of what you said, as far as I'm concerned, Mr. Hood, is the following. The cause. What's the cause? And it, the cause is technology. And the cause is people on their cell phones or people texting, people not paying attention to what's going on to the right of them. So isn't it more important that we try to address the cause of all of this versus some pretend um, um, solution because it is just that. If you're texting it, it, and you're drifting off to the right, it doesn't matter if there's a bump 
if you hit somebody, they're still severely injured or, or, or dead. And, and that is, um, that's where I'm at, the real cause, because the texting and driving in the state of Florida, which we so aggressively, and you, Commissioner Lamarker, led part of this charge here for uh, Take Five, Stay Alive, was that the name of the campaign? Um, is, is really the answer to this, in that we need to legislatively make it a primary offense, not a secondary offense, for offenders out there doing this. I tell you, I feel like honking my horn when I see people um, texting or looking at their phones as they're driving down Broward Boulevard. Just, I, I, I don't know how you can have one eye on your phone and another, another I, your brain doesn't work that way. So I just, I'm, I'm just, that, that for me is really the issue. Let's get people to pay attention. Education campaign and making it a primary offense legislatively. So, and I know no, there wasn't a whisper of it in Tallahassee this year. It was last year and it became that <laughs> secondary offense, but this year it was like, gee. You know, and when we liken it to seatbelts, it took years to get the legislature to recognize that not wearing your seatbelt is a primary offense. So, I, you know, but we have to keep at it. That's what we have to keep at. Thank well you. Well said. Vice Mayor Sharif. Um, I, I agree that bike safety should be taken into consideration, but I also want to say that we also need to do some educating on the other side as well because on any given day of the week, um, bicyclers, bicyclists will invade the lanes for the cars even though there are bikes, bike lanes on the roadway. And so I think that that causes many of the accidents as well. So if we're gonna talk about educating and, and stopping, we need to also talk about educating those who are cycling because I can tell you on a Sunday, I can ride down Sheridan Street and they're in my actual lane and there are bike lanes on Sheridan Street. And so we need to be mindful of that as well. Um, so I think that we, we probably need to launch some type of a awareness campaign for not just drivers, but also cyclists. Thank you. Commissioner Lamarca. I don't want to drag this out anymore, but Mr. Mr. Hood didn't go lost that you cycle more miles than my mother drives a year. Um, we, we, have the, uh, we have the EMS council, uh, some of the, some of the uh, first responders and professionals in that area that are gonna be speaking on the trauma item here later, but to further Commissioner Wex's point that Take Five to Stay Alive, uh, public service announcement, the campaign, uh, we judged the 51 this year, 51 high schoolers with a few middle schoolers videos on how to prevent and, and stop this epidemic because if you think about the numbers, it's the distracted piece, now whether it's your cell phone or texting or emailing or Googling on your car screen because there's so much technology in cars today and the stuff we add by hand. Uh, if you think about the numbers, it's, it is more of a distraction and certainly drunk driving is, a, is, a, is an absolute terrible thing. And I know if Heather Geronimus is listening, I'm not comparing them, but it takes your eyes more off the road for a period of time and people think, I just gotta send this last text, my life depends on it, my job depends on it. You know what, somebody else's life depends on you not doing that and uh, they can speak more about it later, but maybe we'll do that for our good news uh, because they've really, I've learned that if you wanna change things in our community, whether it's recycling or or how we view the environment and things like that. We do it through the kids, and this is 
where we're doing it. I just don't want to have to go through from uh, 12th graders until they're adults before people finally get it. But uh, Sergeant Wysocki with F, uh, F, uh, HP, Florida Highway Patrol, who's their PIO and he's part of our group, uh, pointed out, you know, you can't stop anybody for texting and driving unless there's another offense. So uh, other states do it where you can't, uh, can't use your device by hand, you can't text. Uh, there's enough technology there that we could probably get around it. Thank you. Um, with that said, thank you very much, Mr. Hood, for being here. I thought it was you inspired a very uh, good discussion. So thank you very much. Um, we're now moving on to item number 32, which is a motion to adopt a budget resolution transferring $149,540 within the general fund from the commission reserve to budget for staffing and other expenses for the Charter Review Commission. Um, the, uh, there is uh, no public speakers on this matter, so I'll bring it back to the county commission. Does anybody wish to speak? Commissioner Wexler. I got my um, questions answered, and okay. I am going to support the item today. Mm -hmm. However, the part of what I had asked for was regarding the um, the recording or the record keeping of of their their meetings, their workshops, their their actions in general. And really, what I'm looking for is I know they've had more than one event, um, at least two events off off campus. Um, probably three to four to five events because some were actually held at the library too, yeah. but at least two in, in different parks. I mean, it's swell to go off campus, but it's almost impossible for, the, for our technology people to record and make sure that there is a transparent public record of what happens. Um, so that's why I went, I asked those kinds of questions, and I really want to hear from the executive director mm -hmm. um, because it's a three-year engagement, um, what and how they're going to assure the transparency piece. Mr. Verney, would you please come up and uh, uh, answer Commissioner Wexler's question, inquiry. Good morning, Carlos Verney, executive director for the Broward County Charter Recommission. Commissioner Reckler, yes, that, that is a concern of ours as well. Uh, as we understand it, um, webcast is a limitation off-site, um, but audio recordings have been provided for those off-site meetings. They were provided on Saturday, March 12th, uh, the workshop and the special meeting. Um, so at a minimum, there would be audio recording. It's the webcasting that we would like to see, um, but off-site locations, it's, it's a limitation. Uh, we're gonna take that into consideration, and as executive director, I will communicate that to our members. Um, when they request to, for off-site meetings. Um, as we move forward now that we have uh, subcommittees established, we're gonna try to find locations where uh, audio and webcasts um, are available uh, because we wanna make that available uh, to the public on the CRC's website as well. At, at least as you move into the committee structure, what I can think of is I know there was a meeting at the public library, I know there was a meeting at Treetops Park, and I know there was a meeting at Long Key. Long Key was the one this past weekend, which you said it was recorded. Were the others off campus recorded, or was there a, um, a court reporter there, or some there, form? There of was a court reporter for audio, for all everything. For for both since the, the meet since the inception of the CRC. For yes, for 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 the meeting at Long Key, for the meeting that took place at the and library. You were not. I don't believe you were the were even in this position. I was not in the position. The, I, I but I attended all meetings except the first one which was the orientation session okay. here at room 430. Okay, so county staff, you you made provisions previously for audio recordings of everything? 
Yes, um, yes, Commissioner Wexler. Every meeting has been um, taped verbatim and um, has been transcribed verbatim as well as audio, at least audio recorded for those off-site meetings and it's all on the website. And that is our intent moving forward as well? That is the intent moving Perfect. forward, um, taking into consideration the limitation of off-sites with uh, webcasts. Right, no, well, I, for, I know that. Yeah. But it is much, much more conducive to have the meetings within the government center. And I don't know, do we have capability of, at Government Center West? I know we don't in county parks, but do we have any capability for webcasting from Government Center West? I, I don't uh, I don't believe we do at Gov Center East. We have two different locations right. that, um, where we can do that. Um, I'll confirm that though at Gov Center West, but I don't believe that we do. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Commissioner B Bogan, thank you, Commissioner Lamarck. Mr. Varney. One second. I, I just wanted to uh, concur with uh, Commissioner Wexler. I, I would hope that they would have most of their meetings here at the government center. Um, and I don't know why they have meetings in the parks. Is that is there a reason? It's uh, I find it much more difficult for people to attend that this is such more centrally located as well as they have the equipment here for. for uh, do you plan on having more meetings outside the government center or? I, I would have to talk to the chairs of the subcommittees. Um, we haven't scheduled those meetings yet, but that will be something that I'll communicate to those chairs to, to advise them of, um, of the need to have um, the webcasts and audio recordings and the limitations with, with having them off-site. But uh, for those meetings, those, that's what the direction of the CRC was to meet uh, at a Saturday retreat. Um, so as executive director, um, it would be my responsibility to find a location on the weekend that's available. Okay, also um, on this motion number 32, um, with respect to the money, besides you being the executive director and your salary, what other staffing uh, requires uh, funding? Um, well, the, the ones that have been approved have been myself and legal counsel. Uh, the proposal has been for an additional assistant, uh, that's a full-time position, and a part-time uh, contemplate administrative specialist clerical. And the rationale for that is that the assistant uh, to the director will assist with research intensive purposes and the clerical will be responsible for uh, the day-to-day -day, um, administrative tasks such as publishing sunshine notices, answering the phones, um, maintaining calendars, um, stuff of that nature. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Commissioner Lamarca. Thank you, Mayor. Um, Mr. Bernay, uh, being, being there, I have a couple, just a couple of quick questions because I went through. I appreciate you bringing the the detail with the resolution uh, forward. I think when when asked uh, of staff or actually the administrator, the budget that Ms. Gelman put together with you uh, was this basically just a you started with the previous CRC budget? That, that is correct, Commissioner Lamarca. The direction of the CRC was to develop a budget consistent with past CRC budgets. So that, that's what we took a look at, the 06-08 budget. Okay. Uh, did anyone give any uh, thought to zero-based budgeting? In other words, coming up with what you felt uh, with Mr. McDonald, who's here, the executive director. And I know he has certainly has experience in, uh, in that position. But have you thought of, did, you, did that come up maybe doing a uh, zero-based budget and figuring out what you need? Because I, I see some things in here with regard to communications, uh, external printing, some other things, miscellaneous at almost $9,000. I don't know, we don't know what those are. So I'm just trying to figure out other than because someone before did it, you know, did you have you kind of figured out what you need? And I guess the, the staffing question that Commissioner Bogan asked, uh, I would ask um, 
I want you to answer that, but I would also ask maybe the administra uh, administrator, these clerical type uh, responsibilities, could they be addressed uh, by existing county staff uh, on a as needed basis? In other words, the, the CRC, I know there are multiple uh, subcommittees or committees, but they, they meet on a monthly basis, is it? So um, uh, I believe they meet at least monthly, and I don't know if you meet uh, more frequently that, than that. Um, again, if, um, um, if there's a desire for uh, county administration to support, uh, we're happy to do that where we can. We would need to ha obviously coordinate um, with the Charter Review Commission on what their needs are and, uh, and, and try to accommodate that as best we can. Okay, uh, so Mr. Bernard, that was that something you looked at maybe starting with a zero zero based budget and saying, all right, here's what we need. And certainly, uh, Tom seems like he's going to jump out of the chair any second. So, I mean, <laughs> if he had any questions as far as what what, what you needed, I certainly know that his experience. You had a lot of experienced people on there, including former commissioners. It was a review of the of an assessment of the needs, um, also taking into consideration the historical and what essentially was required to operate this, the CRC. Um, and so that's what the approach was in developing the budget. There were some items in the past that were that were included um, in the past that we took a look at and did not include in our budget. So we, we try to dig down to what we felt um, would be the the essential elements to operate uh, the CRC for the remainder of 2016. Also take into consideration um, that we'll, we'll reevaluate those needs on a continuous basis and, and assess and make adjustments as necessary. Okay. Um, well, I guess that, to that point, I think what we would probably ask here, at least I would ask, is that we have a, a, at least an annual review of uh, how things are going on the, on the, on the budget side. Uh, I guess my, so my concern is probably that uh, the, the item puts forward that an annualized, annualized basis, the budget would be $526,240. Uh, this is going to go on for three years, so uh, $1.575 million. And I know this is a snapshot in time, but our general fund reserve has about four Four million in it. Uh, the other cost that's not in here, I don't believe it's in here, uh, Ms. Henry, is the uh, general counsel in here? Is the council in here? Yes. It is? Okay, but, but I think we all know that that number can, and we have a, you picked an excellent council, but that number can change. That number's capped, Commissioner, <clears throat> is at, at 130. Okay, yeah. so if they need outside counsel, they can't go over that? That's contemplated in contractual services. And where is that shown? Uh, that is, that would be your... Contractual services reoccurring at sixty-four thousand one seventy. Um, yes, the, the, line, that, line number for the, that number uh, contemplates uh, contract for contractual services, uh, any outlet, out, any outside legal expenses as well as the uh, court reporting services um, to cover to provide coverage for those meetings. Okay, so my so here here are my concerns, and my concerns are less with with you two gentlemen that are here, but with this process. There, from from my uh, review with the county attorney yesterday, we talked about some of the broad topics that were discussed on March 12th, and to both Commissioner Bogan and Commissioner Wux's point, I would try to do as many meetings here, or room 430, which are both videoed. Uh, I know that uh, Manny or you know, one of our you know we have our IT folks. <laughs> could go elsewhere if they need to. I would prefer, these are issues contemplating people's voting rights, people who are being uh, disenfranchised right now, like NPAs and uh, people who are in, uh, in partisan elections that don't get, nonpartisan elections that don't get to vote. 
whether it's a mayor, a strong mayor, all these topics that I'm just mentioning what was, was you know, the topics that are mentioned. These are issues about people's personal rights and, and access to government. I would hope that they would be videoed, not just audio. It's really, uh, really important that people, people actually do watch these meetings. We're, we're sometimes surprised that anybody would really watch our meetings, but uh, they're, they're replayed on a Friday. But more importantly, with Mr. Wexler and, and my initiative a few years ago, we asked, and she started asking way before me, but let's put these on, on archive. And that's a trend that's, you know, everything from Lauderdale by the sea all the way up to the city of Fort Lauderdale where people can see these meetings. So I think it's important that they're, that they're videoed. I think Mr. McDonald wanted to add something yes, to that. Uh, uh, Chairman McDonald, feel free to, to jump in. Hi, uh, my name is Tom McDonald. I'm chair of the Charter Review Commission. Uh, the only reason we were all, we intend to be in room 430 uh, for every meeting. Uh, the meeting we had at the library, it was before we had our schedule set with uh, administration. I think the administration has set aside 430. The two off-site meetings were retreats on Saturdays, and we, uh, it was a little more difficult to open up the government center, uh, and we wanted to go to a, a the one at uh, your Longview was very nice because we broke up into groups. I'd never, Long Key, I'd never been uh, to that site, but it was uh, conducive. There was several people from the public there, and we were able to break up into subcommittees to discuss which items we're going to do. Uh, we won't spend the money if we don't have to. We will look at it each year. We're just starting our subcommittee meetings. We broke up into four committees. Uh, those committee meetings, they may end up meeting twice a month, uh, the subcommittees, but they will be at room 430. Um, there's we, we want to keep it downtown, as Commissioner Bogan mentioned, it's very difficult for myself or, or people from his district to come to Davie, uh, West Davie. Uh, that was Broward County? Yeah, <laughs> it was. <laughs> but uh, we, we will watch. We won't spend the money unless needed. We don't know which topics we're going to be talking yet. We do want to be transparent. It will be videotaped. Uh, and I don't think we're going to be doing any more Saturday uh, okay. meetings. Those were just done because... That was the best time to get everybody together. I appreciate okay. your support. Okay. Um, so, with regard to the the videoing, Ms. Ms. Henry, is it uh, is it all right for us to commit that if they do have it on offsite and they and they both committed they're going to do as many meetings here, but if they have an out of uh, the usual offsite meeting, that we can supply somebody to video their their meeting. The answer to that is if if we could do it, then yes. Uh, I believe that there are some some technical challenges at times. If we can just do a simple video and post that, that's that, fine. That, but that's fine. I, I, okay. I, I, I just think these are issues that are so important that, you know, contemplate people's future access and things like that um, and how the county is going to be run. And then we have to live by these once the voters decide what they're going to do with it. Um, and the only thing I would say with regard to the, to the council, and I, and I know that uh, I know that you have good counsel and uh, you can always come back and, and, and reach out to our folks here, but I'm, I, I would say that I am just a little concerned that you put an additional amount of uh, contractual money aside on something. Um, if you've been reading the papers, Broward Health spent $3.1 million in outside counsel separate from their inside counsel in eight months. So it can get out of hand. I'm not saying that's the case. Uh, I'm just saying that, you know, if you get an, if you get an, ex, if you get an expert in here, you get a uh, you know you get somebody that's that's oh, okay. on an issue for for voting. For example, from Tallahassee, they can come down here and charge you seven hundred bucks an hour. You can go through that pretty quick. So with with that, I'm certainly going to support the item. Com uh, Commissioner Ritter. Thank you. Could you um, could you tell me what the four subcommittees are? Yes, um, those four committees are number one, structure of county government. 
Number two would be human services and public safety. Number three would be infrastructure. And the fourth one is ethics. Okay. That would be correct. <laughs> so you can kiss that $5 goodbye. Um, who, who's the chair of the structure of government? Structure of government, that is Jose Esquerdo. Uh, for human services and public safety, that is uh, co-chairs. You have Suzette Mailer and Bernadette Norris Weeks. And for infrastructure, you have Grant Smith. Okay, and you're, you said that their plan is to meet monthly? Uh, at least at least monthly, but it could be uh, you know it could be two meetings a month for okay. the subcommittees. But initially, I think it's going to start out with um, a meeting monthly. You know, I chaired the Management Efficiency Study Committee for the county from 2004 to 2006. It was one year less than Charter Review, and um, the first year we met very rarely. We certainly didn't hold monthly meetings for the first year um, of either the the full membership or the subcommittees. And I think that you are overestimating the amount of money that you need for the first year. I'm not gonna fall on my sword for it, but I would much rather have seen you gear up, hire someone part-time now, and then come back to us at a later time to see if you actually needed an additional full-time person, um, rather than ask for the amount of money that you're asking for out of the box without even really knowing what your schedules are going to be or what your workload is going to be. Um, and, and I say that coming from someone who's done this for the county. Um, so, so, you know, I can see that my colleagues are, are going to uh, agree to give you this money. Barbara's shaking her head no. Um, but I just don't think you need it right out the, right out of the bat. And, and I have to tell you that I, I disagree that, that the meetings should always be, now you can do whatever you want, obviously you're a, Charter Review Commission, you can put things directly on the ballot. You don't need this county commission's approval or permission. But um, you don't, if you think the government center is Broward County, then you don't know Broward County. And if you're always only meeting in Broward, in the government center, then you haven't seen all of the other things that there are to see. I know when we were management efficiency, we met throughout the county, in county parks uh, and other facilities, and the membership of the commission was amazed at what Broward County has to offer Broward County residents, many of whom had never seen things like Long Key or Ann Kolb. So, you know, you, again, you know, you can do whatever you want, but from this commissioner's perspective, I gotta tell you that you're gonna learn a lot more about Broward County going around the county um, than you are st stuck in this government center, in, in my opinion. Thank you. Vice Mayor Sharif. Okay, so I, I was shaking my head for a reason, and that was, <laughs> okay. When I look at the backup, which is exhibit one, and I look at the breakdown on the backup, th there's some questions that I, one, well, I guess they're rhetorical, but um, the first one what came in the form of the retirement contributions. So this is not a long-term job. This is not something that, um, it, well, I, I mean, they want it to be, but if they want it to be, they should run for a county commission. Um, but if it, this is not long-term. So I see retirement contributions, group insurance, basic life insurance, workers' comp, professional services. 
Um, I see travel and per diem. This is like um, one of the breakdowns for one of the jobs that, that I employ people to do for my company. And um, it has a lot to do with marketing and being on the road. But uh, what, what, what concerned me was it said that the need for a full-time assistant to the executive director and the part-time administrative specialist derives directly from the amount of subcommittees created. Well, you're a charter review commission. You don't need all those subcommittees. You don't need all of those heads. So stop creating and, and simplify this process. I'm not, say, I'm not saying that you can't have people that are designated to review certain things, but if, if you're in, uh, making this, this process this intense and this costly right off the bat, I, I, I don't, I, I'm not going to support this item today because I don't think you need this type of money to run the Charter Review Commission. Um, I, I, while I respect and I have appointed people to the Charter Review Commission and I respect the fact that it exists and it serves a purpose and I, I hope that everybody on there have genuine intentions of making the county better and not just furthering their own personal agendas, but I just don't see the need to expend this type of money right now and so I, you don't even have to answer me. I'm just not supporting this item because I don't think it's necessary. Um, and I just think that if, if you all took a really good look at this, I think I could support, you know, the line item for professional services. I know you need the attorneys, um, but everybody who asked to be on the Charter Review Commission, they volunteered to be on that commission. And I just feel like we're making this a very costly uh, process by doing this this way. So I'm not supporting this item today for those reasons. I didn't want to belabor the point because we were supposed to have a short meeting, so I'm going to stop now, Mayor. Oh, um, yeah. I think before before we go on, I think uh, Mr. McDonald wanted to add something. Well, uh, and then we have Commissioner Sharif, one of the I haven't seen that back up today. The people are county employees. We had to give them the same. You're right; it's not a long-term uh, contract. But if you're working for one year, you still get your Social Security, you still get your health insurance, you still get contribution to your pension. We didn't want to hire outside consultants we wanted to be employees of the county the the people won't be hired till a job descriptions uh, met but we have had no funds to actually meet and to break into subcommittees uh, when we went through our retreat on Saturday we might not necessarily look much at all <coughs> the, the Charter Review Commission does not have to do anything but we we are going to review it. we're actually going to look to see if there's some redundancies whether some things should be done away with whether uh, Things have been put on before that don't make sense anymore. Uh, Commissioner uh, uh, Ritter mentioned the Management Efficiency Committee, which I sat on. Mm -hmm. We may look at whether that even needs to be in existence anymore. Um, but the person won't be hired till we do a job description, and we're going to work with your um, HR department to find the right person in the job description. But it will be several months before somebody is actually hired. We're not going to spend these funds necessarily nilly-willy, but our committees have to start meeting the the, the four main committees have to meet to see what items they do want to look at. Um, you know, the, the charter says you shall fund us. I, I guess, I don't know how much, who decides how much, but it's, it's. Uh, I think Commissioner Parrish said that one time. That, oh, please. <laughs> oh, oh, God. Wait, wait, wait. No, you were doing that. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> that, that was a joke. That was a joke. But, Commissioner, Commissioner, the, you. It's okay. We, we have not, we have yeah. not had the, uh, we have not had the, the sub, Committees decide how many subcommittees are. You, like you said, we may not be working that much, but we haven't hired anybody yet. But we have to have at least the budget. We can come back next year, if 
And then the other issue is that there's going to be a ballot issue coming before you. How long uh, the, the committee actually meets? It may be over quicker. Uh, that would be it. Uh, we're going to bring an item forward to put on a November ballot uh, to clear up the language on the. Uh, I just I, I think my concern is based on the, the 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 speed at which this item has come before us with an outline budget and and requests. And the fact that um, I do think that some of the subcommittees that have been created are self-serving for those individuals that are on them. And I want to make sure that we um, are guaranteeing. I'm sorry. I, I'm just, I tell it like it is. It, it needs to be, this was supposed to be a process where we, whereby we brought together a group of people to collaborate and be open and honest and, and upfront. And I just, I. Well, from the beginning, I the, just think that the, there's just been the, so underlying the, um, the method, issues. The method those committees was formed was the outside consultant came in. We broke into groups. Each group came up with their list of their most important things. We then were voted on it with stickers to see which ones. The overall look at overall government was number one. Uh, the uh, human services, which included affordable housing, included the homeless. I mean, it's okay. I didn't want to break down. I read it already. Right. My point was, is I read that, but I, I know I, what's driving that. What I want to do is, um, I, I'm, I just wanted to make, make my vote and, and move on. I think you have enough people up here to pass whatever it is that you're trying to pass. I'm just saying I'm a no for the reasons that That's I've it. outlined. Thank you. Okay? All right. We, we still have a few folks in the queue. Um, we have Commissioner Lamarca, followed by Commissioner Bogan, then to Commissioner Wexler. I would just add that, un, unlike uh, he's not here to do this, but Commissioner uh, Ryan said, you know, once in a while he likes my ideas. Uh, more than once in a while, I agree with Commissioner Ritter's ideas. And to her point, uh, would we be able to, uh, you know, we're such a wonderful county where we have 31 cities and we have great relationships with our cities. We all live in one, and we could at least take the ones we live in. Would we be able to? Ms. Henry, uh, reach out, for example, Parkland. I'm, I know they video their their meetings. Could they, you know, would they open their town hall, you know, their, their commission chambers up to, to a committee meeting or that type of thing, that if you wanted to, because I think she's right, to get around the county is much more important than just get stuck here, but I, I still want to maintain that, that idea that we can video and, and audio record so people can keep an eye on things. We'll certainly reach out to those municipalities, and we'll work with the Charter Review Commission uh, to get their schedule, to get their desire to... Um, uh, to disperse their meetings, and then we'll work with them in that regard. Um, I did get a, a notification from staff. Um, as long as we're in, um, we can we can accommodate weekends here. Um, if whenever we have the schedule in advance, we know they're going to do it. We can accommodate it in, uh, on the weekends. When we're outside of this building, we'll either work with. If you're using a municipality, we can work with that municipality, um, and/or we can have just maybe just straight video without the that we can later upload, but we wouldn't have the ability to webcast it if we're outside the building. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, two things: one, I wouldn't go to Lighthouse Point; they don't have video there. We keep getting on them about that. Um, and and then with respect to the to the the, the ability to, to go around, I think that's it makes sense. Mr. Ritter's right. I mean, there's there. Whether it's our staff going to some of our park facilities, which are fantastic, or or to the municipalities, Commissioner Bogan, if I can make a quick question on your committee uh, structure of county government, how many people are on that committee? Eleven. And um, do you mind me a breakdown of, of, of all? Uh, do, you, do you mind? Do you mind me asking uh, who's on that committee? Um, 
or do you want to give it to me later? I can, I can forward it to you later. I don't have that information right now. And, and basically that committee will come up with a recommendation to the entire board, whatever. The, the sub, Pardon the me? The, those, those, the responsibilities for the subcommittees are their tasked with providing recommendations to the CRC. There, it, there are um, rules and procedures for the threshold for putting an item on discussion for, this, for the full CRC to consider. And then there's also another threshold to actually have that um, item voted and put on the ballot. Um, so, but, the, but to answer your question, Commissioner Bogan, the subcommittee's responsibilities are to come up come up with right. recommendations for the full CRC to consider. Of course. So before you leave, would I be able to just uh, talk to you, you know? Yeah, absolutely. All right, great. Thank you. Thank, Thank you, Tom. Commissioner Wexler. And Mark. different subcommittees should also be garnering the input of individuals in this community, um, as well as commissioners themselves um, on topic-specific um, is issues. but. I, I want to back up a moment because I had originally, I, I had asked for the history. I had asked for the last couple of cycles of staffing patterns. But this one is different. It's a little enigma out there because of the language and the years and the general election um, when it falls out. So this cycle of the Charter Review Commission is a three-year cycle versus all others being two years. That's the part that I find a little odd. I know that staff has been providing, county staff has been providing up until your hire the support services. And they're still su supplying different support services. With this approval of this item today, it basically makes your functioning more independent. Is that correct? That, that's the intent. The intent was to, to operate independently. For the audio recording, we took into consideration the county, uh, the county providing that, that uh, those for court free. recording services, for, for transcription services. Um, and we felt that it was our responsibility, since, since we would be uh, incurring those services, to have those um, accounted for in our budget. So we did so. Okay, um, so, so they would be reimbursed? The they, county they, they would, they would be, be reimbursed? Paid, they, they, they would be paid out of our budget. Right. Okay. Is, and so the court reporting services and the video services would be reimbursed to the county. Is that your understanding as well? Well, it, um, uh, at this point it is from, from the discussion today. Uh, again, court reporting, um, we don't provide actual court reporting. We do have uh, stenographers that I don't know if you specifically mean court reporters. I, I, or I, mean, I mean transcription services. Oh, okay, all right. The, the, the individuals providing that service are okay. court That's actually transcription services. Okay, right. but the intent, as I just heard Mr. Barney say, was that if this budget is approved, when we provide those services, they will be reimbursed. We would pay them out of our budget. Right, right, because there's a line item in the budget. Right. So that's your intent. That's your understanding, correct? That's my understanding okay. as of today. All right, but that has not is not what's been happening. We've been absorbing the cost for that, correct? Correct. Yeah. Is that has that been a hardship for us? No. Okay. I I'm kind of because it's an extra year. What I would really, if I had my druthers, colleagues of how to do this, I'd prefer to phase it in. I like what Commissioner Ritter said. I, I would absolutely say to you, 
they're support they're giving you clerical support now for the Charter Review Commission. We embark on the budget process this Thursday. You should be a part of the budget process. If I was to approve moving forward today, it would be to give you, let's say, a part-time assistant so that you could see what your needs are. I, I, I shuddered when you told me that committees are going to begin meeting twice a month, three years out. No, no well, they, they would initially be meet monthly at a okay. minimum. Because that, that, I mean, usually you gear into something and you gear right. into the need. And if it's only once a month for the committees, four committees, and the Charter Review Commission meets once a month, that's basically five meetings a month. How much staff do you really need for five meetings a month? You, need, you would need an executive director and an assistant to, to, to staff those, those meetings, provide coverage for those meetings. Um, and you would also need somebody to be back in the office to maintain the phones and the calendars. Why, we don't. His, historically. I don't. Once no one's in my office, the recorder picks it up. Historically, the, as a, one of the questions that you asked Commissioner Wexler, uh, three, three budget positions have been provided for dating back to almost 1994, 1996. Yes. I took that into account, and, and that's why the 2.5 um, was offered. So why don't we do that for you, like all the other Charter Review Commissions, two years out versus three years out? That's my point, is that this is a bit of overkill. Is there a way for us to phase it in to give you an opportunity to really see what your needs are and to allow for you to come back to us in the spring, in, in June, in, in, in August, and say, you know what, I really do need that full-time executive director not part-time, and I really do need the clerical backup. It's not working with the county. Or maybe, surprise, surprise, it'll be working just fine with the county to supply the clerical backup. If I can, we, we, you know, we were appointed last June. We didn't meet, uh, we haven't been spending money. We didn't meet for the first three uh, months, I think. We've, we've been, we knew it was a long period. When is it over? Uh, June, well, that's a question. Uh, that's and that's going to be coming back to you. It's either going to be over June of 2018, but it possibly could be June of 2017. There's a there's a quirk in that language that we've met with uh, your county attorney and with our attorney, and uh, we're going to bring forth some language that we'd like to be placed on the November ballot that would clear that up. Right. We, if it fails, we could be over by June of 2017 with items to go on the ballot of November 18. We're hoping that we get to June of 18. I, and, and that's I, why we haven't really jumped. We haven't spent, we haven't been spending money because we recognize that was a three year, but we've kind of spread it out, and it, but it is gonna get serious here in the next uh, month or two. And, and to that point, the uncertainty of the term is really what we where we're anticipating. There is an uncertainty. So to address that uncertainty, uh, that's why we're asking the 1.5, because at some point the workload will increase. It, it, depending on how, how that ballot measure proceeds. Right. So that uh, we anticipated that need. Right. So well, that's, that's where the 1.5 also comes from. You, you know we're going to put it on at, your, at the request. Our attorneys agree that it needs to go on the ballot. The language is going to be, um, I think, a no-brainer. I expect the language to pass. I can't imagine that anybody would not, especially the justification would be there. Um, it's very difficult to meet up until 17 and then it doesn't go on the ballot until 18. Correct. 
that, that, that's a tough thing. But we're now second guessing, sitting here second guessing, and will it cost an extra half a million dollars as a result of that? That, that, that's where I'm, that's where, I mean, I'm struggling with that. I really expect it to pass, but I'm not a mind reader. I don't have a crystal ball, none of us do. If indeed you're, it was over in 2017, I'd be there, be there, be there, be there in a heartbeat. You need to be staffed up. But if you're gonna start slowly, you're, you're and you right. got that extra I know. year. I, I, we've, had that, we've had that discussion, we, I agree with you. We're afraid it, if it happened to fail for some reason, November 2017, we're gonna have to go to those two, two a month to get it done. Um, Carlos and I and, uh, are kind of relying on previous, on a couple of the members that are on our committee were on the previous and our, so is our legal counsel. We haven't been through one of these, so I'm not positive that two a month is. Uh, and, and by the way, I, I don't think there was any ax to grind. Uh, looking at the, the, uh, the committee makeup, <laughs> we tried to balance it with people from different parts of the county, different political parties. Uh, we tried to- I, I'm not questioning yeah. that, Tom. I mean, not, we're, we're, I, we're, we're working whatever, very well as a group right now. Whatever it is, it is. Whatever uh, it is, it is. And, uh, and know, remember, we, we have to have at least 10 people voting for it to discuss it. And, and 13 to pass anything, so it, it would have to be a, 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 okay. know, something I, I, serious. I, I, I'm strictly having a, con a functional conversation about money. Right. That's I, all I'm trying it, to get my arms I, around. I, I, are, we, are we asking for we're asking for next year's budget right now, also. No, we're, we're, not yet. Not yet, but we will be beginning soon, April 1st. Okay, so I, I'm. I, I don't think we're going to be able to spend the money that we got today, well, uh, I because I don't think I don't I think we're going to. We have to do a search for those people. Well, it's prorated, yeah, so okay. I, I think, right. I, you know what? It, I, you're in a tough situation because of that question mark. Mm -hmm. it's, it is, it's, yes. it's, it's if, you, if you don't gear up now and you are ended in 2017, then you're behind the eight ball. Exactly. And if you get that extra year, then you potentially have extended all of this for an extra year. And you could have had the work done by in 2017, and I actually think you can. So maybe that, but the quirk is in the language between the chart, what, what the charter says, what the amendment was that was on the ballot last time, and the next general election. So it, it's, it, it, it needs to be clarified, there's no doubt about it, and I just, you know, we're on a year-to-year -year basis, and we, why don't we re, why don't we revisit this again? I'm going to support the hundred and what are you asking for? A hundred and today, mm -hmm. and we're going to discuss this again. I suspect this summer, as we do all of the different budget issues, and we can do that in a workshop and see how you've geared up and you know if you've got any extra money and have a have a more um, vibrant discussion at that time, but. At this point in time, I don't. I, I, I'm back. I'm forth. I mean, I. The problem is, the problem is that language, and and the predicament that right. you really are in, right. of not knowing. Okay. You know the. Uh, I, 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 I want to bring up one other subject about the where you want it. The, um, I was in favor of moving it around to the different uh, parks, uh, but there's some people that some are elderly can't drive that far and if some of you people that have run countywide I know Commissioner Wexler you remember what it was like when you were at large and you have to be in you're from Pembroke Pines and you have to be in Deerfield uh, that's kind of why we yeah. picked the central location down here 
<laughs> I, did, I did. You put a lot of miles on your car when you run. But the, uh, it's, a lot. It's, for some people, it, we, we looked at their work schedules, too. During the week, a lot of them are attorneys that are downtown already, and it was closer. It was easier to get down here. We, we tried to schedule a time of day that they didn't get caught in rush hour traffic and, and rush hour traffic going home. So we've, we have talked about that. I think that more as we get into maybe public hearings, we would probably move around. Uh, there is going to be a time, by the way, where we're, we'd like to have any uh, members of uh, the board that want to come and address, uh, especially the infrastructure committee and, and the human services, or any of the committees. <laughs> we, we welcome you to come. Uh, I know some people have reached out, but once the committees are formed, we have an open invitation to give us your thoughts. Uh, we're open to everything. We may not do anything. We, we just want to streamline government and uh, do the best job we can to make it a better place, not that anything is, is wrong now. Appreciate it. Commissioner Furr. Thank you. Um, you know, we each appointed people on here that we thought had, we trust their judgment. Each one of us appointed people that we think are going to do a good job. And I think I'm going to trust their judgment on this. I don't think they're going to go trying to spend as much money as they can. I think they'll try to do the best job they can. And they'll try to do it as efficiently as they can and as in the best way they can. That's why we put them on there. So I'm, I, I think we should move this. I do uh, appreciate Commissioner Ritter's idea of moving around the county. I will talk with the cities that I represent and, and, the, and look at the parks and see what, what's available there. Um, at the next meeting, I, I am going to be bringing an, uh, an issue to fix the language. Uh, so on the April 5th uh, date, there will be a, a, a decision we'll have to make on that to put it on the ballot for November. And I think that will we'll take a look at at the, the the problem that's there, but I do think that you know we have some good people on there, and I'm going to move this. And I just I haven't spoken, so I'll just quickly say I'm I'm going to support this today as well. I, I do like the fact that it's for this year alone, because I think it is important. Because I think as as you both have indicated, right now you're in the planning stages and you're moving forward, and you'll you'll be able to realize pretty soon the amount of resources that you need. And um, so I'm fine doing it this year, and I believe that you know. Uh, coming back, you know, each year it should be independent. So uh, I'm going to support it today. I think there was a motion and a second. Um, all in favor, signify by saying aye. aye. All opposed? No. Show the item passes eight to one. Thank you. We're now, I, uh, can I just of, mention? Of I course, of course. Thank you. Uh, the pointees that every one of you made, uh, they're all a great group of people. They're working well together. They come from different walks of life, different parties, but they're all open to each other's suggestions. Uh, Suggestions, and you picked a great group of people. And we picked as our chair uh, of the infrastructure, of the uh, government infrastructure, uh, your your uh, overall 19th at large, because we figured he represented most of uh, your views. So, thank you. I, I thought you were about to say some wonderful things about yourself there when you said we picked the chair. Chair, <laughs> <laughs> thank you for chairing it, Tom, and thank, thank you, you, Carlos, thank for you. for your service. Um, we're now going to move on to item number 34. What's that? Item number 34 which is a motion to discuss proposed changes to the Florida Administrative Code allocation of trauma centers, uh, which among other things reduces the number of trauma centers allowed in Broward County's trauma service area to one. And uh, this item was uh, put on by Commissioner Lamarca. Uh, so we'll have him uh, kick started. And I already have a number of people on the queue and I'll be kind of Thank going Thank you, Mayor. Uh, so, th so this item came up in our EMS Council meeting uh, a couple weeks ago and there's a time there was a time uh, frame on this that's why it's on today's agenda uh, Cheryl Rashkin if you don't know Cheryl actually if I could ask everyone maybe to kind of move over to this center area 
get you on get you on video as well and start with Chief Gimarra. Um So this item came up because there is there is a there is a confusing bit of language in the Department of Health uh, proposed rule, and ultimately, what I what I wanted to do is bring this army of extremely Navy. Now that uh, Mr. Malikus, Dr. Malikus here, but uh, this group of extremely qualified, experienced folks who do this every day, um, and to explain why. If the intent of the rule, which is what it looks like, trauma centers, go, Broward goes from two to one. We have three right now at Memorial, Broward Health General, General Medical Center, or Broward General, uh, and Broward Health North, which is uh, up on Sample Road. So those three are our trauma centers. And the question is, does the rule ask us to go to one total, or does the rule say that we can only add up to one more? Um, so when we're, we're, questions are answered, I'm going to ask... Uh, our county attorney uh, asked us to give her the authority to challenge the rule for clarification with, with the state, with the Department of Health. But uh, I also spoke to um, Charlotte Mather Taylor called yesterday with regard to this because in her government relations uh, role at Broward Health, she has gone to Tallahassee a lot on these issues and, and we're on the same page as far as the rules. So I, I would just open it up really for discussion and questions of uh, Cheryl, Dr. Malik, uh, anybody else who that uh, folks want to ask a question to. Well, I, I think I, uh, Chief DiBernardo um, has signed in. So, uh, Chief, if you'd like to, <clears throat> to say a few words. Mayor and Commissioners and County Administrators. So, over the last couple of years, the, uh, the State Department of Health has come up with an assessment formula, and I believe you were provided that. Uh, we don't endorse the assessment formula. I don't think it's mathematically uh, correct or it takes all considerations. It uses an average of response times based on the number of transports, based on the injury severity score. While each one of those independently is important, the way they're doing their math calculations or the way they're interpreting it, surely it doesn't look at the impact if you were to reduce. They should equally have a formula that says what would your community be impacted by. So I had done an uh, analysis that I provided you with just some small zip codes uh, listed there and what the potential would be. So Coral Springs and that zip code based on their number of transports assuming that we would say Briar General, and I'm not picking any particular trauma center, if we were to be reduced, you could see what the increases would be. So their formula is solely based on what they thought the average transport time. Well, average is very poor. Uh, we could all talk data later, but average is a very poor indicator, especially since the aggregate number is in that area of each trauma center happens to be the highest amount, the average transport time would be lower. That takes no consideration for anybody west of University Drive, in my mind. It just, it would blow the averages out. So it's just a poor indicator. So I gave you some basic numbers to look at, and we would need more time to do proper analysis on this. The reduction of it, uh, Fred Karoff, you received a letter there. Point two is the one that hit home with me uh, at the last EMS Council meeting. Not one single trauma center that we have currently could absorb the load anyways currently in Broward County. We would have to do major infrastructure support to whichever one that would be. So the way we have it broke out, spread along the coast or spread along I-95, is evenly distributed, evenly distributed numbers, and our response times meet. This would be uh, catastrophic in my mind, and I don't think uh, I don't think we should support this. I don't support the entire formula. I would like to have it thrown out, and certainly there's some relief coming down. We've made some progress. The county administrator. And the folks behind me have all done their work over the last week. So I feel like I can sleep at night now knowing that I think something is coming out. I would 
uh, the interim is a letter maybe that says we're not going to reduce you so we could rest at night. But the bottom line is we need this rule or we need that letter embedded into the rule. And, and, that, and, and, and that's where it needs to stop. So obviously with the, uh, the districts and their hospitals and the support of the county administration, I think we should move this. Now, we all have a stake in this. Trauma centers are supported by local community. I start out with the city of Sunrise, but it, the speed was going. And uh, through uh, Commissioner Marco, we got it to here. If you need me to go out to the cities and get letters also, uh, I, I certainly will go on tour for you all. Um, but this is more power, quicker here. Thank you. And uh, before we come back to the County Commission, we have Dr. Malik here. Uh, Dr. Malik, would you like to say a few words? He does. Thank you, Mayor, Vice Mayor, Commissioner Zoff. Uh, you know, as you, as you know, I'm your medical examiner. Unfortunately, I have a background in trauma also with the military. Um, their rules are talking about transport time. Uh, we also have to look at the number of traumas that we have here, which really doesn't seem to be a big driving force for the Department of Health and with over 6,000 trauma calls a year. Uh, American College of Surgeons says that uh, you need a trauma center for every 1,200. So we're actually well below the number that uh, would be required if we were, if we were to say 1,200 is for uh, each trauma center. But we have a great system and it works well and it serves the, the population of the county very, very well. And I uh, um, have been studying this since I've gotten here and uh, the American College of Surgeons and even the state says that if you, you get one level two trauma center for every 500 traumas and one level one for every 1,000. So even the state rules give us a better count than one and personally, I don't feel comfortable. I think we're gonna have a lot more deaths and a lot more serious injuries and outcomes if we uh, go down to under uh, our, our current three. And I'd be glad to answer any questions that you may have. Thank you, Dr. Malik. We're actually gonna come back to the County Commission and uh, Commissioner Ryan. The, the first um, portion of the backup material on this item with regard to a proposed rule by the Florida Department of Health to reduce the number of trauma centers in Broward County, it strikes me is the schedule or list of trauma centers statewide. So in this document, uh, it indicates that Broward County currently has two trauma centers. So it shows you the inaccuracy, the factual inaccuracy that begins the, the development of this rule by the Department of Health. And I think it's indicative of many of the actions of the Department of Health. Flat out wrong, factually incorrect. We have had three trauma centers in Broward County for the past 22 years. For the State Department of Health to be under the assumption that we have two trauma centers in Broward when we have three, I think uh, shows very well the, the information and analysis used by the Department of Health in making this very arbitrary decision. And it's really, I think, uh, reflective of the way the Department of Health has acted in the last several years in many fronts. And for that reason, the Florida Senate um, did not reappoint John Armstrong as the Secretary of Health for the state of Florida. He was not reappointed last year, and he was not reappointed this year. Because of that, 
his position is now vacant. Um, so one of the things that we had in Broward County that was uh, really a, a detriment to the general public was a process that we had followed in the past with respect to um, testing of the Broward County population uh, for the HIV virus. Um, we, in the past, had clinics, privately operated clinics, that somebody off the street that felt that they might have been exposed to HIV could go in to the clinic and could be tested and get a result almost immediately while, while the, uh, the person was still at the clinic. The Department of Health felt that to save uh, expenses, those samples would be sent out uh, to a, a testing site um, you know, away from the clinic and thereby save a tremendous amount of money. What they didn't realize is that the people that are coming off the street to be tested are not the most responsible population. And so they do not go into the clinic, get tested, and come back two, two weeks later to find out what the result is. And with that, we have um, an HIV uh, a virus that is spreading throughout Broward County at an alarming rate. You know, Dr. Malik talks about what the uh, best practices is uh, are for uh, trauma centers and that it's appropriate that a trauma center uh, be opened for uh, a population area that experiences uh, 1,200 trauma cases annually. In Broward County last year, in 2015, we had over 6,600 trauma cases. We had in Broward County over 1,400 level three trauma cases, those being uh, uh, the most severe uh, cases. So even the level three trauma cases exceeded what would be the appropriate protocol for the number of trauma cases that would be the maximum uh, in a single trauma center. The population, 1.8 million people in Broward County. What that means is you have longer times to move people from where uh, they are first uh, uh, come into contact with medical personnel to transport to the, to the trauma center. I mean, not everybody can, can go in a helicopter. So you have people that, are, you know, it's ground transportation, it's traffic, it's everything that you deal with in a congested area. So the idea that um, we would sit on our hands on this would be very irresponsible for this county commission. Um, I would like to hear from the county attorney, but it's my understanding that the appropriate um, uh, process for us to follow would be to authorize the county attorney to take appropriate legal action to challenge this rule. And if it's done within 10 days after the rule is issued, then the presumption is in favor of those who challenge the rule. If we wait more than 10 days, then the presumption goes the other, the other way. So uh, to the county attorney, through the mayor, uh, if you could speak on, on the challenge, the legal challenge. Ms. Coffey. We have been um, in contact with legislative staff who have been in touch with the Department of Health representatives, and I, I think the department is acknowledging some um, at least miscommunication about what was intended with the rule. What would give us an advantage would be your authority to go ahead and file something to keep that advantage open, and then we wouldn't necessarily have to aggressively pursue the rule challenge until um, until we'd had an opportunity to sort things out with the department. All right, so then at least we would get kind of like a legal place marker and, and protect 
the rights of the citizens of Broward County. Exactly. At such time after the, the members have had an opportunity to speak on this, um, I would hope that we will entertain a motion uh, to authorize the county attorney to take legal action necessary with respect to a challenge of the rule. We have a few folks on the queue, but Ms. Henry wanted to, um, uh, to weigh in. The county attorney's office addressed the issue that I was going to raise, so no, no other f further comments. Great. Uh, Commissioner Furr. My comments have been made. Commissioner Wexler. A couple of things. We have three trauma centers in Broward County. Tell me about level one and level two. Somebody. If I may have uh, uh, Ms. Ratchet or uh, our medical examiner, either one, come and explain the difference between level one and level two. Yes. Ma'am, um, level one is the highest level. Didn't I ask you never to call me ma'am? <laughs> he cannot help it. He, yes. he cannot help it. He calls me ma'am too. He cannot help it. I'm sorry, Dr. <laughs> Commissioner Wexler. Thank you, Dr. Malik. Thank you for the question. Um, I just couldn't. I'm sorry. That's fine. Oh, it, uh, level one requires you to have a higher level of staff in-house 24 hours a day. Level two backs it off a little bit where, uh, say, an anesthesiologist has to be within five minutes and other support personnel have to be within a certain amount of time rather than actually in-house all the time. So there is a slight difference. A slight, slight difference. difference. And I didn't even know there was a level three. Well, there, there is, but... But we don't have any of no, that. No, we, we don't want to go down that okay. far. <laughs> now, the other question that I have is, and, and, I, and I should have asked this yesterday of, of Ms. Henry mm -hmm. and, and, and Ms. Coffey, but does the state pay or authorize, not authorize, um, augment any of the costs of running a trauma center? I don't believe so. Then why are they dabbling in our business? Um, well... They're worried about uh, uh, diluting out the number of trauma centers. There are other hospitals that would like to be designated as a trauma center, and then they wouldn't have enough cases to stay proficient. We have, right now, we have enough centers that uh, they are stay proficient in their um, medical practice. If you made every hospital trauma center, you wouldn't have enough traumas to keep everybody on top of it. First of all, it's more costly. Yes. To and, and who designates a hospital a trauma center? The Department of ACA or the Department of Health? Who, who? We do. Had, we do. Okay. So I, I, I don't know the answer to this. So any hospital could decide that it wants to fund a level one or two trauma center and fund it themselves and come to the county? No. Or, or who? Who do Not they come to? Not unless we allowed it. We, allow, we would have to allow it. They'd have to apply to be that, say, yes. say any hospital out west. Correct. Okay? Because there kind of is a hole out <coughs> in the western part of our county, at, actually. But having said that, if the state doesn't have, and it's a horrible saying, but skin in the game, <coughs> if they don't have that financially, then why, why, why are they even attempting to do this? 
that's a question far beyond okay. my. I meant to ask you both that question. There's a yesterday. state statutory limit on the number of trauma centers statewide. I believe it's 45, and it's for the reasons that Dr. Malik indicated, which is that you you can't have it's inappropriate to have too many of them because it'll degrade the level of service. Right, and that's why at Ryder in Miami, the U.S. military sends hundreds of personnel per year to maintain their um, right. proficiency during peacetime. During wartime, we had no. They have no problem, but during peacetime, Ryder is one of the areas, one of the centers that they send their um, surgeons. But there and are three trauma centers in Miami. Are there three in Two. Miami Dade? Or four? Jackson? No, no, Ryder is Jackson. Right. And then the there's two, and Kendall. They're proposing there's to go to one. Ken didn't Kendall do is one? And I think there's one in North County. Maybe there, not. There are two, and they're going, going to one, right? That's where we're on. Three of these. Three, Three but they currently. Right. Yeah. Okay. So I mean, I know I, I know the county's a pretty large county geographically. So you've got kind of in Central County, Ryder, Jackson. You've got Kendall Regional down mm -hmm. in the south end, and, and then you have Aventura in the north end of the county. It's kind of like what we have here in Broward. Yes. Um, with our 1.8 million people, I, I I thank you, commit. Thank you, Dr. Malik. I thank you, Commissioner. Marco for bringing this forward. Um, I fully support Commissioner um, Ryan's motion when he does make it to authorize our county attorney to file whatever needs to be filed. A letter might be nice. Appreciate all of your hard work for reaching out to the Department of Health and the legislative um, leaders to get them knowledgeable regarding the impact on our community. However, a rule is a rule. Right. A letter is a letter. And quite frankly, we need to make sure that we have the right instrument in place to protect the 1.8 million residents of our county moving forward. So at the appropriate time when you make that, I probably Commissioner Lamarca wants to make the motion or you second it. So I'll just be happy to support it. But thank uh, you. Commissioner Lamarca. So if I could, I, I think what I want to maybe do is, is uh, keep the importance and the priority on the issue that uh, the Commissioner Ryan mentions, but soften the soften the tact a little bit, if you will. Um, and, and that's because I had a conversation with, uh, with Eddie Labrador. Uh, Marty Cassini has had conversations with, with folks there. Uh, Ms. Henry, can you call up Eddie for a second? <coughs> know, Mr. I Labrador. I'm not allowed to call myself. <laughs> I know he's over there. He's still got the legislative beard on. <laughs> Good to have you back. Um, <laughs> did I state that? Thank you. Did I state that uh, accurately? That that uh, the what this language really states is that that it gives us the ability to increase by one, not to reduce the three to one, but we don't have that language and we're not comfortable. That's why all these wonderful people are here. Yes, Commissioner. That's what we were informed of. That uh, that the rule, the way it's proposed, is for one additional trauma center, not to take away from the three to a one. To, to one, that's what we were told. Okay, so it, the language is clearly not clear mm -hmm. in that respect. Uh, and I know that our staff has made comments on the record for that, and okay. so have the other trauma centers. Uh, but that's what we were told yesterday. Okay, so, so I guess maybe, maybe what I'd like to, to encourage Commissioner Ryan to agree to is, is that we ask the county attorney to have them clarify the language in this rule change 
uh, before it's a rule change, but I wanted to make sure that we all agree that, that we're, we have three centers and Mr. Katzman was at, the, uh, was at our meeting, he's our EMS uh, uh, council, but that we have three and we can, we can increase by one, but that it's not, it's hard to believe that really in a Department of Health could release something that, and I'm here when I go down that road, but they could release something that, that's that vague on something this important to Commissioner Ryan's point. But I, I just wanna make sure that we clarify the language. I don't know that we want to uh, start yelling at them and tell them we need, we need more than one, but I, I don't, because I think that's where, where we are is on the same page. Um, it doesn't appear there's anybody else left to speak, so I think uh, Commissioner Ryan. Commissioner Lamarca spends a lot of time up in Tallahassee and uh, is handling this in a politically adroit manner. I concur with him, so my motion is, and I gotta tell you, Chip, I'm agreeing with you so much this morning, I'm getting nervous, I'm, I'm feeling uncomfortable. All right, that um, the county attorney be directed to take uh, whatever action is necessary uh, to ensure that within this 10-day window, we um, have uh, filed whatever concerns or objections are necessary and asked to clarify that in fact, uh, this rule change was intended by the Department of Health to expand the number of possible trauma centers in Broward County from three to four. There's been a motion and a second. All in favor signify by saying aye. aye. All opposed? Show the item passes unanimously. And I believe that Commissioner Holness is on the phone. Commissioner Holness, are you on the phone? Okay, show the item passes uh, eight to eight. Mayor, to I, 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 am on, I am on oh. the phone and I vote yes. Oh, show the item passes unanimously. Thank you, Commissioner Holness. And I just, want, I just want to thank, uh, I mean, we have fire chief and our examiner and folks from Memorial and, and Brad Health and around the county. So I want to thank you all for being here. It was important. Well, um, that uh, concludes our agenda for today. We're now going to move on to non-agenda. And uh, at this time, we'll start... Uh, on the right side okay. with uh, Commissioner Bogan. Oh, actually, wait, it's me. I forgot. I get the mayor's report. Um, I don't have a mayor's report today. Commissioner Bogan. <laughs> you know, <so. laughs> what a happy St. Patrick's Day coming up, huh, Commissioner Ryan? And a happy St. Patrick's Day to, to everybody, Commissioner O'Ryan. And uh, no, that's about it. Have a great week. Thank you. Commissioner Holness. So get three second rule, right? Hello. Hey, uh, Commissioner Holness. Uh, Hello. We're on a non-agenda. I'm being recognized. Oh. Yep. Hello. We're on non-agenda. It's your turn. Okay. Tomorrow, the Urban League of Broad County will host a career fair from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. The Urban League of Broad County is located at 560 Northwest 27th Avenue. Fort Lauderdale. For more information, you may call 954-584-077. Also on Wednesday, March 16th, jobnewsusa.com, that's jobnewsusa.com, will hold a job fair at BB&T Center from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. The BB&T Center is located at 1 Panther Parkway, Sunrise 33323. There will be over 35 employers offering more than 2,000 jobs, including Florida Department of Health, University of Miami, Career Source. For more information, you may call 954-252-6640.
954-252-6640 or go to jobnewsusa.com. The Small Business Resource Center at the African American Research Library assists the small business community in many ways, including business plans, marketing, and databases. All services are free. On this Wednesday, March 16, uh, from 6 p.m. to 7.30 p.m., the center will be offering advertising on a budget, a free workshop offering types of on how to maximize your advertising dollars. Uh, for more information, call Darcia Skates at 954-357-6170. No, I don't have Thank you. Uh, thank you, Commissioner Holmes. Commissioner Lamarca. Thank you, Mayor. I, I wanted to point out in the post uh, from EMS left, but uh, to Commissioner Ryan's point, we, we did lose our uh, state surgeon general, Dr. Armstrong, but there is, an, there is someone in the position, Dr. Celeste Phillip uh, from the Department of Health, the Deputy Secretary is the acting surgeon general. I didn't want anybody watching the dozens of people as Commissioner Logan said to think that we don't have a Surgeon General in the state of Florida. Uh, sun Sunday, I had the pleasure of being here at the Broward County Commission Chambers. You're asking why on a Sunday, and by the way, if you want the air turned on, thanks for everybody who was here, security, and the folks who were here to, to make this possible, but uh, you gotta call ahead for the AC, um, in room 430, that is. But we had, we had the Jack and Jill uh, of America, Greater Fort Lauderdale Chapter Annual Community Oratorical Competition and we had two of our sitting judges, Judge uh, Mary and Michael Robinson. We had a wonderful panel of judges for the competition. I think we had about 20 uh, students, ages 10 to 12, 13 to 15, and 16 to 19. And they set up that podium. And, and Commissioner uh, Ritter, if your foot box is not under there, we, we had to borrow it. Or somebody's somebody's got a box under the under the dais over there. It was very it was very helpful for everyone, but a couple of the very tall kids. But uh, it was great to to hear them uh, hear them go through their speeches. And I mean, at that age, a lot of us get out on the campaign trail and, and mumble through a speech. So they did a fantastic job. Uh, Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Yet another record. I think we're going to have it beat again by the end of the season. But fifty four thousand seven hundred cruise guests sailed in and out on a single day at Port Everglades on Sunday, March thirteenth. And if you include the 400 Bel uh, Bellaria Bahamas ferry passengers, it's actually over 55,000. So that was, it was pretty unbelievable for Port Everglades. I think there were nine ships in plus the, uh, plus the ferry. Uh, also at our uh, convention center, I know some of you are into the tourism and, and, uh, and business side of our CVB. There is a, after 27 years at, at Miami Beach Convention Center, the Sea uh, Trade Cruise Global Convention is here in Broward County at the Broward County Convention Center. I almost said greater something or other. Uh, there, there is uh, there are over 800 exhibitors. I think when this press release was done, it was a little it was a little light because it says 11,000. I heard yesterday about 12,000 attendees, about three nights apiece, and it's going to have over uh, 12 million dollars in economic impact for our area. I have one last thing, and that is that I was reading the newspaper about a day late. That's about, about, about the way it needs to be when you get an information, get it filtered through. Uh, I, I saw that somebody took out, and you all know that I'm a dog person. Uh, I did have a cat growing up, and there was somebody who took out an entire page, $20,000 reward for information leading to the return of seven cats taken around someone's business, 
and he went into the detail of each of the seven cats, and I just figured with the couple seconds I can give him for the dozens or handful of people who are watching, Commissioner Bogan, uh, that Steve is really looking to get these cats back. And if anybody has any question, the, the phone number is area code 954-309-4845. Anybody that would spend a $20,000 reward and the money to, to take that one-page ad out deserves a little bit of airplay. So good luck with the cat, Steve. That was nice of you to do that. Uh, Vice Mayor Sharif. You know, I honestly can't follow Commissioner Lamarca's non-agenda today, so I don't have any. <laughs> Commissioner Ryan. You know, Mayor, I thought that we would not finish before noon, and so I was not going to be able to say to all, I wish you top of the morning. <laughs> Thursday is St. Patrick's Day, and on Thursday, we are all <laughs> Irish, yes. including Commissioner McBogan, Commissioner O'Sharif, <laughs> and everybody else on this dais. And to all, uh, on Thursday, we're going to have a workshop dealing with transportation issues, and... Um, I insist, Mayor, that that meeting end by 4 o'clock okay. on Thursday. We're going to start at 10 a.m., so that's plenty of time to cover By the way, th that hat looks much better budget. on you. Since that's this is a workshop, we should bring a lot of green beer to that thing. No, no, after the workshop. <laughs> that's Thank you. Well Mayor. said. Commissioner Ritter. Commissioner Wexler. Just one thing. Um, last week we scheduled our a budget workshop for this Thursday. I had already had on my calendar a meeting with um, Assistant Secretary of DCF John Bryant for 10:30 in the morning. I spoke to him last evening and asked if we could move it up at, to 10 o'clock in the morning, so at least I just have to be a little late to our workshop. Um, we didn't do as well legislatively, financially, as we would have hoped for our mental health and substance abuse um, folks and programs for our community. So it is imperative that I um, make sure that I meet with him and let him know what we still need here in Broward County. Um, and I hope that you will in indulge me. I hope yes. when, whenever our Ms. Henry, our materials are expected to come out for the workshop today. when? Today? Yes. Okay. Um, I will miss the first part of it. That's fine. I've done it for 11 years prior, so I'm okay with that. But as we get into the meat of it, I'm hoping that my meeting is no more than half an hour to 45 minutes, and then I'll, and it's right across the street oh, at the Gore Building. Thank you, Commissioner Marshall. And um, just um, uh, to let you know, after meeting with um, both Ms. Coffey and Ms. Henry yesterday, uh, I, I believe Ms. Henry had asked that um, uh, the budget workshop be first and that the um, uh, proposed sales tax increase be second. And the sales tax increase proposal will start about noon. Oh, I'll be here way, Great. way, way, way before that. Um, I also want to wish everybody a happy Easter because we're oh, not having a Easter. commission meeting That's until true. after April. the Easter. Right. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. No, we're not. No, commission. Can I say Of one, course, of one course. Oh, I'm, I'm taking my kids. You are? Okay. Absolutely. So for those of you who are listening, you can jo come join us for the 7th Annual Eggapalooza Easter Egg Hunt Festival at Miramar Regional Park. It's from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. on Saturday, March the 26th. And you can come out and see Commissioner Keir, myself, and the mm -hmm. Easter Bunny. Um, the, everybody's going to be there. Absolutely. So 
come on out and have fun. It's free to the public. There is a $3 per car charge to get in the park. That does not go to us. That goes to the city of Miramar. So, and even you. though parents don't like to admit this, uh, we go to the Easter egg hunts. We love it. There are tons of little eggs all over the place. Our kids go out, have a blast, and they bring home all kinds of candy that we get to partake in then as well, secretly. <laughs> so I'm excited about that. Uh, Commissioner Furr. Thank you. A uh, little trash talk real quick. Um, Go Canes. Not Sorry, as good as, they're in as the... Tim is, but I, but I, I can do a little bit. Um, the, I met with the Northwest Council of Cities yesterday, and there was unanimity in wanting to put together an interlocal agreement between the cities. Um, the... Wow. <laughs> I know. Here's, here's the questions I'm getting. And, the, and there is agreement in wanting to, to establish flow control. Uh, in, in trying to establish tipping fees, uh, in trying to do collective contract negotiations, in uh, reinvigorating or re bringing back the RFP that uh, we had put out as a commission a number of years ago that was would have brought recycling to the county. Uh, at that time, Recycle Community had won it. They subsequently uh, had to walk away because they didn't have any land to work with uh, the, for, for whatever reason. Uh, the, but the main mission is to, between them, is to get to the 75% recycling uh, requirement. The question that they have is, are they, the, they don't want to go so far and then find that the county commission is not supportive of what they're doing. And because they feel like they were somewhat burned during, in 2010, when the, when the idea for the independent district was, which was, the, was going to be the extension for the RRB, when that was brought and it was actually passed by 25 of the 20, of 26 cities, they had already passed that memorandum of understanding. They had spent a couple years on it. They don't want to do that again and come, come back and it'd be denied. I'm not sure how to go forward on this. Um, at this point, they're, they're interested. I was, I was going to be talking with the city managers this Thursday, but because we're doing the budget workshop, um, that has been postponed for another month. The problem is I'm under, I'm under, and we're under, a serious deadline. All the contracts are over in 2018, and if there's going to be a move to try to do a collective um, uh, working on negotiations, especially because now, you know, you have, you've had some companies bought out, and, and some of the cities don't really know who they're doing business with at this point, or they know, they just don't know how the contracts go. And they don't know how long those contracts that that go up to Palm Beach, how long those are going to last. So the de and the, so the deadline is really 2018 when they they have to re-sign their contracts. That means RFPs are be, will be going out this year, or at the beginning of next year. That means there's a lot of things that need to to start happening. It's almost time for me to stop stop doing the talking and start to get down to the actual framework um, of trying to put this together. I guess I'm asking, you know, where to go from here. Yeah, you're seeing some support on this, mm -hmm. but I don't want to go so far. I saw what happened with Eric Hirsch when he did worked on it for two years. He came here, he didn't get past. I've, I haven't seen Eric since. <laughs> he, he, he just vanished. You know, it was like, he was he was done with it. He, he did vanish. He did vanish. Yeah, uh, and, and it was right after. Okay. Yeah, he did. Okay. <laughs> uh, but I, I understood, you know, after working to, on something two years and it just kind of uh, dying a lonesome death, they don't want to do it. Is it, I mean, I guess, I mean, I, 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 it's something that I would like to, to discuss. It, would it be, I mean, if nobody objects, would it be possible to put a motion to discuss on maybe the next agenda and then we could all kind of brush up 
uh, on the history of this and then be more prepared to kind of discuss it and to, to, to see if we want to move forward? Mayor? Yeah. Um, this is one of the topics I had on our little parking lot list okay. for discussion okay. on Thursday. Okay. Oh, so. okay. Oh, that's great. Okay, that's fine. Oh, perfect. Yeah, that would be great. Of course, Commissioner Wexler. Sure. When you say we, I don't know who we are. When did I say we? Regarding <laughs> who you're, you said lead the cities. Oh, so in the, when la you the last say case. The cities, is it the League of Cities and a committee? Yes, or? the Broward, Broward League of Cities. <laughs> Uh, unanimously asked me to take this f to the city manager to try to put together an interlocal agreement. Okay, so you went to the city, the league's I meeting. I went to the Broward League of Cities meeting, luncheon meeting. Made, right, I know. I've been then I went to the Northwest time. Council of, uh, of Cities. Made a presentation. Yes, yesterday. And then they unanimously Correct. endorsed some, this something. Right, move forward. Okay. Yes. And they put on the table what they want to see it look like. No, I, I, brought, I brought forth the things that should be, that okay. would make sense to be okay. with that. And you got the, that from county people? Where did uh, you get your agenda from? Um, looking at what would be necessary to make a good system. And, and looking at the, the strengths of but the- But you, did, you didn't get it from us. No, I did not. I got, I, I, I mean, I've talked with Tom Hutka. Right. I've talked with right. Bertha. I've talked with, I've talked with a lot of people right. trying to look at what what the strengths of the, what were the RB, what were the weaknesses, right. what what we need in terms of an overall system to try to to attain that 75% recycling yeah. rate. Yeah, no, I, so. I, I think that I think that trying to do something is remarkable and commendable, and 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 we all support you in that effort. It's what it looks like going forward, and you are under a time crunch. Right, we are under a time crunch as far as the renewal of those contracts or putting new contracts on the street for those cities. Right. Um, are we going to talk about it Thursday? Yes. yes. So we are. That's, That's what the parking lot actually means? Okay, good. Thank you. Okay. Commissioner, oh, Commissioner Ritter. Thank you. The, the, the concerns I have with this is if we come to the cities with something, they're going to, I would think, um, be more inclined to reject it and want to and want to bring us their own proposals. I would much rather see them start the ball. Oh, absolutely. I'm not. I'm not talking about us bringing it to them. I'm talking about city managers putting it together to them with with guidance. This, this is a take one step and, and we can't both just keep agreeing as we go along. So what? So what do we need to discuss on Thursday then? More. More. I think what what it could look like. What you know. What what we're what we're comfortable with. Part of, part, of, part of doing an interlocal agreement prior to this with the RB, we were, we were bringing forth a bonding capacity. We probably wouldn't be doing that in this case. Um, there's lots of little things like that that have to be brought forward. You know, what, what would be the case if we, were, you know, if we were trying to do that RFP again with Recycle? Who does that? Do we do that? Do they do it? There's lots of parts to, there's a lot of parts to this whole thing, moving parts. And I think we want to kind of, to be honest, I need you all to weigh in on this because I'm like out here on my own, <laughs> and I need I need some yeah I need some I need to hear what what everybody's willing to uh, go with and what they're not willing to go with. Okay, but that's Mayor. really what it is. Okay, um, and Commissioner Ritter, um, uh, there was uh, a request at least by uh, a group of city managers uh, to engage in a dialogue. It starts with the. Uh, Alpha 250 property, as you know, we are required to 
um, uh, appraise that property and put it out for sale. Um, the, a group of cities um, asked if, one, they wanted to know uh, what would ultimately happen with that property if we did it, um, if, we, um, if for some reason it went out and the county exercised its uh, right of first refusal. Um, um, they understood that um, the county's uh, objective would be to expand transit. Uh, we use federal funds and it wouldn't be available for uh, purposes uh, in the future for um, recycling or, or transfer station. Um, so they've asked us to kind of slow down, let them talk amongst themselves um, to determine whether or not they believe that the sale of Alpha 250 is still something they want to do. Uh, particularly given, um, again, as Commissioner Furr indicated, there's, there's um, continual consolidation in the industry. And with that consolidation, you lose competition. And they clearly um, have some reservations and some concerns about that. Great. Um, so, uh, Ms. Coffey, do you have anything to add? Ms. Henry, anything more to add? No. Nope. Mr. Lukic, anything to add? We are adjourned. Happy lunch. Yeah.